So I was, I was trying to think more about how a transaction, this is how it's described, a transaction that is um, released into the mempool or to a node or basically to a miner. It propagates up to a miner somehow. This is the transaction in a proof-of-work block, uh, blockchain like Bitcoin that represents the UTXOs, the un, unspent outputs, these outputs that are kind of put into an equation. And they say like, okay, this unspent output um, you know, goes over here to this address and becomes this unspent transaction output uh and then some are sent to the miner for fees and then some are sent back the rest of the remainder is sent back to the you know the person who is sending it so you think of person one person two so person one if they want to send bitcoin to person two they don't actually communicate with person two directly and that is your first clue that it's not a peer-to-peer system, and there is an intermediary called a miner in Bitcoin, right, who has to basically do something to to add it to the ledger in order for the person to to then be able to, you know, look at, look up their browser and see it. It's the same thing as a third party sending them basically the info that lets them know their transaction was complete. So your first clue is that the, it's not really peer-to-peer and that you never actually give the person you're sending to the transaction. Now you can, I guess, because you can create a transaction and you can give it directly to your peer, I suppose, and then this peer can then send it out when they want, you know, when they're, when they're ready. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, the point is, is that even if you did try to claim that, that person too still has to send it out. So there's still a third party. Even if you want to claim that they send it peer to peer first, this transaction, and then this peer, this peer two propagates it, sends it to the mempool, gets it to the miners. It still has to have this third party, the miner. So there's still an intermediary there. And, you know, what is this transaction? Somebody might say, well, you're not actually sending the Bitcoin itself, the unspent UTXOs, to the miner. The miner doesn't have control over these particular coins. But what's going on here is it's all bundled up in this thing called a transaction. I think of it like an equation. <laughs> That's probably not a good analogy. But it's a tra- it's a, so in this thing called a transaction where I sign, it's kind of like a check. You sign at the bottom you have, you have who it's to, right? And you have the amount. And this check isn't Bitcoin. It, it's not money itself, right? You present it to a third party in order to move the funds to get the, to, you know, settle the, settle the transaction. Uh, there's an intermediary there. Um, a check is an order to pay. And You know, similarly, a blockchain transaction in Bitcoin is like an order to pay. And the point I want to make that I think is unique is that um, these transactions, 
they do have UTXOs in them. Um, and you are paying a minor. And if you send a transaction out, you're peer one, you're sending it out, and you say, oops, I made a mistake, right? Or I don't really want to, you know, I don't want to send it here for whatever reason. You can't, once it released, once it's released, you can't do anything about it. You can, you can, you can do this thing called replace by fee, which is like, you send out another transaction. You're hoping to cover up your previous mistake that you don't want to go through, but there's no way to do that because the miners see it and they can include it and they don't really care. As long as it follows the rules, they don't care. They'll include it. And so what happens in Bitcoin is that the first one, the order matters. So if you replace by fee, that means you're putting in a, a larger amount, right? You're putting in a larger amount and you're hoping that the miner chooses this, this larger one just economically. And they probably would. And the, the order thing matters. So if this happens, right, then the other one won't go through because it won't conform to the laws because they'll realize these have already been spent. So only one can make it, right? So when you have two if you're a Bitcoiner and you're trying to like send two different people money um, at the same time, only one of them will get in. And if maybe, you know, if, if they, if you send them out at the same time and they they have the exact same Bitcoin fee, I mean, I think it's just up to chance to which one gets put in. Only one can be put in. So that's what I'm kind of talking about is that once a transaction is sent by someone, you cannot take it back. You can do like little mechanisms they call replace by fee to hope that you can get in there and, and change, you know, change the miner's opinion about whether to include it or not uh, or the order in which they include it. But you can't, you don't control it anymore. And I think that that goes to the heart of, you know, the Bitcoiners say, well, I have custody. I never give custody over to the Bitcoin miners. They never know my key. And so how can they be a third party to this to money transmission? Well, I'm telling you that you don't know you no longer control your transaction. You put out this transaction that says you're going to move bitcoins over here. You no longer control that. That's out there. And replacing by fee is just a hack. It's not a it's not a way to bring back that transaction. You don't control it anymore. You don't control what the miners do. You know, and if, if, if a regulator decides to make a, a, a threaten, a, a Bitcoin, a large, you know, all the American Bitcoin miners, well, you know, my immediate thought is that, hey, they'll just mine blocks without transactions in them. I mean, I guess that's kind of defeats the point of Bitcoin. Maybe they won't even get, be able to get their, their, their Bitcoin, right? Because they can't, they can't, uh have their Bitcoin for so many, the reward is not even available. It's apparently the first block, if you like wait, I don't know, 20, like 100 blocks, what is it? I don't know. So that kind of doesn't make sense because the reward is also, you know, a transaction. So, and they, I guess they include their own. I guess they could just include their own transaction, but then they'd still be hit with the, the idea of, oh, you're a uh, money, uh, um, you're a money transmitter. <laughs> but the point is, is that I think the fact that the Bitcoiners um, don't don't get they either don't get it or they're just trying to think of ways that they don't that they won't qualify as a money transmitter, which is I'm trying to think of ways that they would qualify as a money transmitter. 
And I think this idea of sending out a transaction that you don't control counts. Um, and the fact that the miners are putting it into the blockchain and they're the ones that basically say whether something has been moved or not. They're the, they're the final authority. And I think you can, I think this is better explained by something called MEV because I think this is way more uh, um, prevalent. Uh, and I guess um, the replace by fee is sort of the same idea, but the MEV um, happens in Ethereum, apparently. And this is minor extractable value. This is the miners basically seeing transactions, seeing profitable transactions themselves, and then basically scooping them up, replacing them with their own address um, to arbitrage something, say. Um, and because the miners are the ones that figure that get the ultimate say of what goes into the blockchain and the ordering in which it happens, they have tremendous power. Um, so again, with Ethereum, you have someone who's ordering transactions. You have somebody who could block transactions. If the government says they want this this wallet address not to be able to transact, they can, you know, they can block. So they have so much power. And again, once you send out, and I, I think you see this too with the NFTs, they launch these NFTs and they're like gone in minutes. And they have these, these flashbots that would like just up people's bids or sorry gas fees and bids um and it would be this race to get an nft once they dropped and all these people who tried to get one i think were still out their gas fees and why and they didn't have anything to show for it they didn't have an nft to show for it why can't they be revert reimbursed why was this transaction actually included if they didn't even get the nft that they were trying to get because they ran out well, it's because the miners don't care if you don't get your NFT. <laughs> they care about including it in the in the in the in the chain. Um, and I think it's the difference between you're talking to a contract, I guess, that's on the Ethereum blockchain, which is different because you have like you have contracts, and then you also have like people, like regular addresses on Ethereum, like accounts and contract addresses. And I suppose the contracts that maybe they, you know, uh, no, I guess that's a, that's, I was thinking, well, that's a fault of the contract. No, I think it's just a fault of the, the theory of blockchain is that the miners will put a transaction as long as it doesn't break the rules, as long as it doesn't break the rules, I suppose, um, of the protocol, right? Double spend, this kind of thing. Um, then the, the miners have every incentive to include it, even if you're, you're, it's a bad deal like for you. Like you're not going to get your NFT or you're not going to get your, your whatever. Like, so, you know, so what? And I saw this with the fungible kitties, <laughs> the crypto kitties a long time ago. And I was thinking, how is this not fraud? Like, because something about how they were birthing them. I remember a while back, something about how they were birthing them. If you didn't do it the right way, you're just, you're out your gas fees and I mean, so what? Like the the the, the miners don't care. They just they're going to include every transaction they can. Um, they can get fees off of. They don't care if you know about whether you get what you want or or in your your needs at all. So they're a really poor, in my opinion, they're a very poor service provider. They are perform, performing a service. They're providing a transaction service. They're 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 providing money transmission this is clear as day to me um that they are providing money transmission services and the law says by any means possible 
by any means possible. They don't have to, you don't have to actually send them the, <laughs> your Bitcoin and then them send it to somebody else. You're sending them a bundle transaction, which says who you're going to send it to with including a fee for these miners. And they're, then they're, they're basically publishing it. They're doing something that makes, makes the makes the actual, um, transmission of funds um, happen through this protocol. How is that not money transmission? Um, and I saw this video from Andreas on Tenopolis and he, he did this video just saying, oh, is lightning, could lightning be considered money transmission? Um, and I think he had the same kind of argument that he had the same kind of argument. He said, well, uh, you're not actually sending them Bitcoin, you know, or something like that. You're just, you're, I forgot exactly what his argument was. And uh, maybe I should have to, go, I should go reference it again. But it was basically something like, oh, no, here, here it was. He said, oh, well, everyone knows that on the central ledger, like no Bitcoin's actually being moved, right? It's just, you're just updating the central ledger. Okay. How is that your argument? Because you're still updating a central ledger. That's still money transmission. You're moving it from A to B. Just because we all know it's on a central ledger. Um, and you think that like, well, because you're not moving the cash, really. Yeah, you are. You're moving it from account A to account B through your protocol in your protocol. And, um, you know, why, if, you know, why, why do they, do they think that Coinbase doing trading, centralized trading, do they think that's not money transmission? So we, we all know that you send Bitcoin to Coinbase and then Coinbase has this trading order book and you're, you're buying and selling. And money, when you buy and sell, you're, you're, um, trading with somebody who's hitting, hitting the offer, right? Who's hitting the offer and you're buying and Coinbase is allowing that. Now, is any of the Bitcoin moving? No, they just have some, some accounting system that says this person bought and this person sold. But I guarantee you that's a money transmission service that's moving funds through Coinbase, a third party. The same thing is happening on the blockchain. Um, and I really would like to hear any kind of Bitcoiner. I'm sure they've got lots of arguments for why this is, my view is incorrect. Uh, but I cannot see how I'm, in, I'm incorrect if the law is interpreted extremely, extremely broadly uh, through any mechanism. It says through any mechanism by which funds are moved. And uh, that's the point of Bitcoin. That's the point of all these protocols is to move funds. That's the whole point of it.